Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always to discuss, well, all things to come in 2017 about women's cycling is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I am fine. Now, dear listeners, Oh, now remember- come on. I think that's a little unfair. I think you're doing a bit better than fine. For those <laughs> playing along for the first time, Sarah literally just had about a four and a half minute laughing fit before we started recording. Um, it's not bad for you tell me about the latest updates in your love life. <laughs> I- oh, God. See, this is exactly what happened. Sarah made up things that um, bear no relationship to observable reality at all and um, and then cackled like a maniac. So, <laughs> I, I, look, for, for a podcast that is known for its swearing and digressions, strap yourselves in, kids, because this one could be all over the fucking map. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the point is, you're in a pretty good mood. I'm pretty good. It's, it's nearly the end of 2016. And although 2017 is probably going to be demonstrably worse... And, you know, uh, oh, I, I mean, I feel like there should be a, like a ritual, a ritual Princess Leia rant in honour of Carrie Fisher. But yeah, 2016 is nearly over. And while 2017 is going to be bad, too, at least at least at least 2016 is finally over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, look, yeah, I mean, it's it's impossible, I guess, to not mention, given that the news was you know, just came out today. But um, I, I, in terms of Carrie Fisher, I like her personal request for her obituary uh, based on the fact that when she was filming um, one of the first Star Wars movies, um, George Lucas told her that she couldn't wear a bra under um, the white dress that they had her in. And she, she asked him why not. And in all earnestness, he said, because in space you're weightless and, um, everything would swell and your bra would choke you. And from that moment forward, she's told her friends that she wanted, no matter what happened for her obituary to read that she drowned in moonlight, choked by her own bra. So (laughs) I'm sure I, I, I can't even go there. Um, yes. So, Dear listener, you may remember that last week we decided that in our hour, in our allotted hour, of which we've had five minutes, I guess now, we um, we were going to talk about all things 2016 and look ahead to 2017. Obviously, we failed, so we come back for part two. So but last week... To be week, fair, I think it was actually pretty good of us to get one year packed into an hour. I mean, you know... We didn't, though. Well, we failed. Well, we got almost all of 2016 in. He's so wrong because this week we, we've got to talk about the actual racing. We've got to talk about the teams. We've got to talk about what might happen next year. Why things are going to be interesting. Um, you'll have remembered that in previous podcasts we actually went through our best of our best, you know, our best race finishers, our best riders, our best performances. So we've done that. But there's kind of like what's looked at in terms of the shape of the year, you know, what we're going to look back and remember about about this. So yeah, um, we're going to talk a little bit about some cyclocross as well. We're also going to talk a little bit about some more. More depressing news from women's cycling, and you know we're going to look at talk a little bit about the post Olympic effect. But yes, ah, twenty sixteen. Okay, if you're going to have one word to describe the racing, or maybe two words joined by a hyphen, what would they have been this year? Um. Well, yeah. Okay. If it's two words, then that that would have to be Bowles Dolmans. It would have to be Bowles Dolmans. I I was so wrong. <laughs> I looked at <laughs> I looked at their team that they'd had this year. I was like, oh, that team will never work together. Oh, there's too many stars. Oh, we'll carry the water bottles. <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was an amazing um, sort of thing because every time we had questions about how it would work or if it would work. Um, it was it was like the team just kind of shrugged and went, yeah, the fuck it will, of course it will, you know, and, and just went out and did their thing. Um, but I think what was really interesting um, to me was that with uh, such a, uh, um, you know, strong uh, rider list that they had and managed to maintain such diversity of, of winners. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, they started off with Lizzie Armitstead winning in her first race in the rainbow jersey. She won on the Noiseblatt. Mm. And then they kind of hit up the classics, the classics parts of the Women's World Tour. And Lizzie Armitstead won Strada Bianchi. I mean, in beautiful style as well. Like, just that 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 mind games that she played over Cassia, Cassia Nuadoma and yeah. Annie Hansen on Strada Bianchi was glorious. And then it's like, okay, that's that's cool. That's that's cool. That's, that's Lizzie Armitstead. She does that. And then it was the Ronda Van Drenta World Cup and a final group of four, which is Chantal Bluck from both Dolmans, Trixie Warwick from Canyon, Anna van der Breger from Rabolev and Gracie Elvin from Orica AIS. And uh, Bluck made that look completely easy. And then she won Hent with Elgem from a break, you know, from a, from a, from a, from a, from a break by making an endless atta- late attack when she had tons of teammates in that break with her too. And then Lizzie Armitstead won Flanders, um, in a, you know, in a fantastic, in a fantastic beat of brains. And, and that's one of her major goals ticked off. And so it took to like the, um, it took us to like the fifth round of the world tour for a non, um, no, that's, no, that, oh, sorry, Lizzie Armstead also won Trofeo Binder, um, after being dropped on the final hill in, in Gitiglio. So that's like the sixth, the sixth round of the world tour before mm. someone who wasn't bowls won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then they went on to, basically they won over 40. UCI, they will run over 40 races. And that does include national championships. And that does include um, track races um, with uh, Cassia Paulowska, for example, becoming the scratch world champion. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to count. I'm happy for them to count that, you know, like these are these are all serious races. And while they when you look at like the, the races, you know, when you look at them winning national national championships, they're not just winning. You know, it's not like they're full of. I don't know. Oh, I, can't, I don't want to pick a to pick a country to be rude about. But you know, they're serious. <laughs> they're serious racing countries that they've that they've won national championships yeah, yeah. in. So yeah, bowls. I was completely wrong about them. Hurrah! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, they had an amazing year, but it. it remains then to be seen can they can they back that success up for a second year because while they've got a foundation for that and uh, and you know they haven't had a lot of movement in the team they've also got a peloton that have spent a year learning how to beat them at that oh but they they haven't had a lot of movement in the team but the team the movement they have had is really key Mm. and i just want to talk a little bit about why bowls were so successful and i think that's because they, I mean, bowls are a difficult team sometimes. Like when you go to a bike race, um, the women, the, the women's team set up their little village, yeah, their little race village, all over the roads and the streets, and you just have this moment, and you can walk around, you can talk to riders and say hi. You can never say hi to Bowls Dolmans because the Danny, Danny Stan, their DS, he likes to keep them far, far away. You know, far, far, far away from everyone else. Right. They don't come out of their big bus. They they stay very focused and private. Now, this has been Danny Stam's uh, approach all the way through. And it hasn't always been... It's not like that's the secret of his success. Because, you know, back in the day when it was our, our drink, they on team.nl with a giant, giant bus. And they were getting a little bit laughed at. Uh, Miranda Reese said it was kind of almost a little bit embarrassing having that huge bus when they didn't have the results to back it up, you right. know? So it's an approach that he's always taken, but this year... So this isn't, like, the reason it's... You know, it's an approach he's always taken. I went to the Energy Walk Tour last year, which is five... You know, I got there two, I got there two days early. Um, it's five days. I hardly saw a balls rider once. Right, right. You know, except for actually on the road and on the podium, of course, where, mm. they, where they live. But one of the things... So you look at their riders, and we haven't even talked about all their winners. So we talked about Dana and Lizzie Dagnan and Chantal Black. But Ellen Van Dyke won the Energy Walk Tour. Uh, Megan Guarnier won uh, Durango Durango and um, and won a stage at the Amakameen Bira. Uh, Christine Majerus, their sprinter and domestique, won... The Dwarves Daughter Westhook, which is a smaller race, she also won the classic Moorhead Moorbehan, but she won a couple. She won a stage at the uh, Aviva Women's Tour in a in a massive, uh, beautiful, well, kind of controversial finish with Mariana Boss. Um, Guarnier won the Tour of California, yep. um, Philadelphia Classics, USA National Championship, and the Giro. Oh mm, my God! Mm. Uh, Danon won the Bowles Rentals Hills Classic, the Aviva Women's Tour um, overall. Uh, Evelyn Stevens won um, 
one, two stages, three stages, zero. And uh, Amelie Diederichsen won the, they won the TTT at the, at the, at the Gorda World Cup. They won the TTT at World Championships. Um, Paulowska won a couple of stages of the Tour de l'Ardèche. Uh, you know, it just goes on and on and on. And of course, Finley, oh, Chantal Black won her first stage race. Yep. At Bowles Rental Ladies Tour, um, Van Dyke became European ITT champion, which she'll be gutted about because she wants to become world champion or Olympic champion or both. Yeah, but yeah. Emily Diedrichsen finished this year by winning the road race at the world championships. Um, mm. so, so, but you I, know, a reasonably winning year for the team. 40 UC, over 40 UCI wins, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're not things like, oh, we went to Gracia all, all over and picked up six of the stages there you know yeah, they're like yeah. they're like they're like legit wins looking down the list and going okay well which one of these is probably the least i mean i guess you could kind of be a bit rude about christina majerus winning the national luxembourg national road race and ict championships but still you know she's won it so many times at this point that that's not you know i'm not going to criticize that mm. um durango durango was a 1.2 race um uh, Le Samin, which Chantal Black was a 1.2 race, but they're still really important races. You know, they, yeah, they, these yeah. are. But, 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 the interesting thing is the reason that they won, I think, is that a lot of those riders were happy to play super domestique. So Chantal Black, for, well, Chantal Black had to fight to get onto the team, but she was racing and racing for her teammates and got tons of second places as well yeah. behind. Like, you know, she was. Um, she was second at Omloop Pet Noiseblad, for example, as a as you know, as uh, behind behind uh, behind um, uh, behind Armistead, you know. And you look at it, and Guarnier was second at Binder behind Armistead. So they're kind of happy to work for each other, and that's been really special. Of course, Ellen Van Dyke is the superest, duperest domestique. Um, there, Megan Guarnier is was completely, you know, was was really selfless throughout the um, classic season, and you know, it, so it's quite interesting that they. I don't know if that's, I, and that's those are those are kind of um, those are skills they've had before. You know what I mean? Those aren't skills yeah. that are kind of they they've they've come to they've come they've to balls to learn. The team, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how does it change next year? Well, Ellen Van Dyke leaves yes. and goes to Le Plantour. Yeah, which is potentially huge. Um, Evelyn Stevens uh, has retired. Yep. And that's interesting because I did get the impression all the way through the Giro that Evelyn Stevens and Megan Guarnier's battle for the Manlia Rosa in the team wasn't a friendly one. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, it didn't look like it was... Um, um, fully part of the team plan shall we say no no it didn't seem like it was uh uh it didn't seem to make megan happy and evelyn happy that they were fighting each other for malia rosa no um no it did not but no um so Ellen Van Dyke is known, so so I guess that might make things easier for Guarnier, except for the fact they're bringing in Anna van der Bregger, who's a former Giro winner. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's, yeah, I, I just, I, I guess the thing for me is that despite what we saw this year, I still have the same basic question mark coming into 2017. I just, I, I. I no longer question that they can manage it, but I'm questioning how they're going to manage it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, I mean this is where you kind of you have some DSs who have um who are really who have this like amazing set of talents on their team. Like I think about Menel Le Cambre, who had that run where he was the the, the DS for Sabella Bigler when they had that extraordinary year. And then the following year he was Farron Quota and um, which Murray Abbott won the Giro. Yeah. Obviously, Team USA when Mara won this year. Anyway, um, but he hasn't. But it's like so. People are expecting his future teams to do really, really, really yeah, well, yeah. but they haven't. He hasn't been able to replicate that success. Now, Danny Stam has always been a really strong DS, but he's also a DS of the team which has the biggest amount of money and also needs a Dutch superstar. So, 
I don't know how it's going. To, I just don't know how it's going to work with Anna van der Breger. You know, swapping out Ellen, who's just like this, this completely seems like, I don't know, this kind of happy-go-lucky, um, happy, you know, really enjoys working for her teammates mm. person. Now, we know van der Breger can also do that really, really working for her teammates as well. Yeah. But van der Breger's been the Giro, you know, been the Giro leader for the last two years in, in Rabo Live. Yeah, yeah. Will she be this time? And if Guarnier is demoted from you know well from... i think this is the thing is that between van der Brigger and guanier like you've got two riders that are at or near the the peak of their um you know performance at least seen thus far you know they've both had really really strong years this year and have very valid cases to put forward for why they should get that leadership role in the in the appropriate races in 2017 yeah, but it's also it's also not just the Giro that's the problem. Because mm. you look at Flesh Wallon, for example, and okay, well you had Van der Breger was has won the Flesh Wallon twice. Uh, Lizzie, Lizzie Danen's won the Flesh Wallon. Which one of them do you put in there to win? Yeah. Uh, you would look at Spinder. You look at where you know where 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 are they just basic? You know, you look at Drenta, for example, where Anna Van der Breger was um, you know on the podium. No, she was fourth in Binder, but she's you know a, against. Uh, Chantal Black. Uh, Van der Breger is such a all-round rider. Uh, she's so good at the classics. She's so good. At, but but you kind of think, is it going to be difficult to decide who's a team leader, or are they basically going to be going for full podiums? Yeah, yeah. Um, which I guess is possible. I mean, and in, to a certain extent, is maybe the only really logical step forward from from the year that they've just had. But it doesn't seem realistic. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the other interesting thing is what happens with Diederikson, because obviously Diederikson is now the world champion, yep. the, the, the the world champion. She's out sprinted, the absolute best in the world, from a very small team to beat, you know, to, 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 to beat, to yeah. win, to yeah. sprint the world championship. Now, both dogs haven't had a pure sprinter. The nearest has been Christine Mayerus, who's, uh, you know, absolutely incredible super domestique and, you know, can win sprints as we saw at the viva women's tour will how will that work you know will they yeah, have yeah. will they have will will you know you don't really want your world the world champion to be to be only domesticing you know yeah you want exactly. the world champion to be up there contesting the sprints but then the what does time, that mean for mayorus yeah yes exactly what's it mean for mayorus and also at the same time Diederikson is you know, very much in the early stages of, of her professional career and as brilliant as that, that world's win was, um, I don't know that she's going to get away with that same trick a second time, especially not with a rainbow jersey on her back that marks her oh. out for everyone else. So, Oh, but she had to fight so hard. Like, like it Oh, yeah, she to hold that wheel, like, absolutely. But my point, my point more is that, like, there's potentially a lot of, um, you know, uh, time left in her bunch sprinting education. Like, it's not necessarily going to be a... I'm not saying she shouldn't be competitive in them or wouldn't be competitive in them. I'm just saying, you know, it's it's possibly going to be a tough year for her anyway, even if she is free to contest every sprint there is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, I think the thing that Diedrichson has on her side is she said, you know, she's, she's two-times junior world champion. She's only 20 years old. She said she was also going for the... Um, for the omnium on the track and now the omnium is much you know suits her suits her better now it's been now it's been shaken up a bit but she said that she was she'd always wanted to become world champion she just didn't think it would happen this this quickly yep so in a way there's kind of no pressure there isn't that there isn't that i mean the curse of the rainbow jersey for sure but there isn't that pressure so much on her because she knows she's only 20 and she knows that like it's in, in recent years, you know, you look at like the the riders who, like Elisa Longo Borghini and Yodin Dora, who took a long time, who took a relatively long time. And of course, you have Marina Voss and Pauline Fran Prevost who can, well, even Pauline Fran Prevost, you look at like Marina Voss came straight out of juniors and straight into elite success but most of the times that doesn't happen yeah and Diederikson will know that her head's really tightly screwed onto her shoulders um her 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 Danish team coach is Catherine Marcel, who was the first rider to ever become junior world champion and one of the few riders to become junior and elite world champion. You know, it's it's 
it's interesting. Oh, it's very interesting. And I think, you know, it's it's a good point in terms of, of her, but I think it also muddies the waters a bit for, for Bowles as a team in terms of what they do with her because, you know, they may they may take a decision um, to curtail the number of opportunities that they want to go all in on, on her behalf. Um, you know, in favour yes, of other Yes, but that runners. means that... But, but, but if, you, if you... That's the sort of thing that can cause problems within a team, though, isn't it? Like, And if this, you, is, this if, is essentially the conversation, because no matter how we slice it, I just can't see a way that Bowles doesn't wind up creating problems for itself. Yes, and we also have to remember, on the law of averages, Bowles... It would be very, very hard for Bowles to beat 40 UCI wins. You know, yeah. that was an extraordinary, fantastic, incredible, unprecedented, amazing season. Yeah. Like, amazing season. So any if they did say next year they only get 35 wins or they only get 30 or they only get 20 that's not necessarily you know that's just like that's just that's just the law of averages yeah, isn't yeah. It? Well, like it's, it's it's more like it's more like balance being restored to the universe or something yeah. than it is them you know having a bad year i mean this is the thing you're exactly right like like 2016 was such an extraordinarily good year um you know it, it's the it's the it's the positive outlier, you know, it can't be taken yeah. as an all-time indicator of what should be expected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they also had some interesting luck, which, I mean, so, yeah, so Bowles, the other thing about Bowles, the thing about Bowles this year, next, so 2017, next year, wow, um, is that they're going to be head and shoulders the biggest team in the Peloton. And that's because some of the other big teams are, have stepped down, have stepped down and stepped back. We've got a situation where... It feels like below bowls, there's more kind of um, evening out of, of how many stars there are in the peloton, and some that's some some things for good reasons and some things for bad reasons. So, Wiggle High Five, for example, were a team that was a massive, massive, massive monster team this yep. year, right? Yep. And that didn't work out so well for them. You know, they they uh, you know they 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 clearly had problems meshing and gelling. I think Drenta is the classic wiggle moment where they were the Ronda van Drenta, where there were four the four riders. They came up. You know that your you know that the cobbles in Drenta are really important, yeah. and you know that that final stretch of cobbles are really important. We talked about that group of four who got away, but behind the group of four was Trixie Warwick's. Um, teammates uh, Tiffany Cromwell who put on the brakes ever so slightly um, to kind of create a gap because you know she she kind of they, they came out of the they came out on this 90 degree angle from this very narrow strip of really ridiculous insane cobbles Tiff Cromwell fifth wheel just 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 eased off slightly to give a gap between you know not not in any kind of dangerous way at all at all at all at all but to kind of get them to go and behind Tiffany was all of like five riders from Balls, all of whom had missed the break. Yeah. And when they were trying to work and work and chase and chase, they were on the one hand frustrated by the fact that they had tons of riders from Balls and uh, and Orica and Canyon, you know, Tiff Cromwell, uh, that that kind of rider, and the other one whose name who I've Rabo, who were there to chase them down if they tried to attack. They were also slightly scuppered by the fact that all the other teams that were in the in that front group refused to help them, which I still think is shame on them. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, your Panthers and and your B Pinks and your Allies and the like, you know, shame on them because, you know, you could have at least tried. But really, it was because that team couldn't get it together. You know, like they were all right. They would they were just that you could see them on the TV that they were not happy riding together. They were not happy bunnies, mm. and. But next year, Wiggle becomes, well, a different team. Yeah, it does. It changes quite a bit. So they've lost uh, Mara Abbott. Uh, Georgia Bronzini was going to retire, but didn't. But even just like last last, well, last year they had sixteen. This year they had fifteen. Next year they have fifteen. This year they had six, fifteen. Next, ugh, this year they had sixteen. Next year they have fifteen. But they've they've kind of got. Um, They've got some riders, and I've never heard of Summer O Black, for example, who's 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 joined them, and they've kind of still got quite a lot of young riders in there. So they've still got Georgia Bronzini, but they've lost Chloe Hosking. Um, they've still they've and Emma Johansson has of course retired. Yep. They've added Claudia Lichtenberg, Claudia Hauschler, to go into the hills. They've brought back Emilia Forlin. They've brought in Julia Lett. 
Uh, they've bought, you know, they've bought in uh, Grace Garner, who's Lucy Garner's little sister. Uh, it's they've bought in Amy Cure, who's a fantastic Aussie yep. rider, and it's it's interesting. It, I'm interested in how they're going to go because that's a less it's less packed with stars, you know, even just taking away Johansson and Hosking, for example. Yeah, yeah, it is it is less packed with stars, but in a way, it might also be a a slightly more focused team as a result. Oh um, yeah. In the in the same way that we've just discussed, you know, the way that that bowls risks a whole bunch of scenarios that wind up pissing someone off. I mean, you know, as you say, that's essentially. Um, I mean, those are my words, but that's essentially what a lot of things look like for Wiggle during this year um, at different races, and and so um, you know, it will be it will be very interesting to see how this starts to play out. Yeah, I think it's going to be better. It's going to be easier to handle. I think it was also quite interesting that although Egon Van Kessel is an amazing, incredible, fantastic DS, it seemed that when he left the team halfway through the year and uh, was replaced by um, Donna Rejczynski, uh, Australian who had been previously working with Rochelle's other team, the High Five Dream Team, yep. that they seemed to get on better and Rochelle Gilmore seemed to take a step back. You know, yeah, yeah. it seems to get more relaxed. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see. Um, Sunweb, Live Planter has become Sunweb. Yep, which is really exciting. Sunweb, if you don't know, they're a major sponsor of cyclocross. But it was always been a bit weird that they hadn't sponsored uh, that they didn't have any women um, riders. And Sunweb that this year they Live Planter has been a kind of weird team. But this this year it was basically known for its development riders you know you saw leah kirkman take that amazing step up it was her first european season having been a fantastic you know an amazing 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 rider but as a canadian she you know she spent her time in north american teams and uh this is the it was wonderful to see her just have take that confidence and learn and learn and just have amazing results and then flirtia mckay who's an amazing up-and-coming classics rider but had uh had that terrible shoulder i think accident Right, right. So they've added in Ellen Van Dyke and Lucinda Brand. Well, that's nothing to and sneer Corinne at. And Corinne Rivera. That is nothing to sneer at at all. Nothing, yeah. Ellen Van Dyke is incredible. Lucinda Brand, we've seen as the, oh, just, just glorious, technical, amazing rider, racing in support of Mariana Voss, especially in the kind of Mariana Voss speciality, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, one of us up the road and one of us in the group. Ha-ha! Which prisoners yeah. don't that dilemma do you want to play? Uh, they've got Juliette Leboo, who's a very, very young, um, very young rider. I think she was a junior this year. Um, yeah, she's a junior. Um, she was, uh, she's, she's got some amazing results. She was third in the World ITT Championships, third in the European ITT Championships, both for juniors. Uh, she won the Albstad Frauen and Tappenrennen, the stage, one of the stage races in the uh, Junior Nations Cup. And she had, you know, she's, 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 she's been a rider. She's been one of the, jun- ju- one of the juniors to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, well, Sunweb. So Sunweb has taken a step up, probably, you know, not quite at the same level as Wiggle, but kind of, you know, around that level. So if you say, say Wiggle's taken a step down, Sunweb's taken a step up. Yep. Um, Rabo Live is now Team Fortitude, and they've definitely taken a step down. But, you know, with Pauline Frambo going to Canyon Shram, which maybe, strength, which maybe strengthens them, um, and uh, Lucinda Brand going, and Celita De Jong uh, moving, and a lot of you know they've they've lost a lot of riders, but they've replaced them with some quite interesting riders, and of course Mariana. Yeah. But yeah. I guess that means that Fortitude and Liv, I think, are now at the same kind of level, and Bowles is at that level, and Canyons at that level, and that's you know there's a lot of there's a few other teams at that level. So you've got Bowles, sorry, you've got Bowles head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. And then you've got this like bigger layer. Yeah, exactly. Of a, next a more, generation of teams, a more even layer of of um, you know of teams. But then that presents its own interesting thing too, in the sense that um, you know I think I think we're going to need to see a certain level of cross team cooperation in a lot of race scenarios if they want to have a chance at breaking this kind of um, theoretical bowls deadlock on a lot of races. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's we, we the... saw that a few times in 2016, where you know Bowles had things sewn up or, or seemingly sewn up, and if if a couple of riders had just worked together in a break instead of fighting each other for a break 
or or whatever, it could have changed the outcome significantly. Yeah, I mean, not having Emma Johansson is going to be a real game changer, I think. Um, Emma Johansson was the absolute queen of knowing how to get into the break. Yep. You know, um, I, but but I don't know if Emma necessarily got in, you know, she was just very clever, clever at that. And, you know, she gets into breaks like at Strade where you wouldn't have wanted Emma into that last break out of the wiggle team. You'd wanted Elisa Longo-Borghini, for yeah, example, yeah. because Elisa's a better climber. But but Emma was the one who got into it, you know? So it's kind of this interesting thing of of what happened, of, of how does the lo- lack of Emma Johansson change the peloton? Mm, mm. And I think that's going to be huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and then I think it's also going to be really interesting to see, I mean, obviously the the impact of not just Fortitude, but Marianica coming back for her first sort of, um, well, hopefully full season. Um, oh, cross fingers. Mariana Boss. I mean, this is one of the things as well about this, about this year, of course, is that while Bowles absolutely dominated, there were some big name riders who were out sick or not well, or not at their best. Yep. And one of them is Mariana Voss, who, of course, has had this really terrible, um, uh, you know, medical years of medical disasters. But she has come back to cyclocross again this season, and cyclocross is the one that she loves. She won Diegem, and then she's just won uh, yesterday, no, on Monday, the her first World Cup win for years in Houston Zolder. Cool. And that's... And that's that's good, you know. That's good. That's you know. You have to. I, I'm 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 hopeful about that. Yeah, no, that's a, um, that's a very positive sign in terms of her form and competitiveness. I mean, even even as we know, um, you know, given that um, the heart of the the difficulties that she experienced um, through this last year and and the end of the year before um, were focused around recovery. The thing is that Voss retains the, you know, I mean, she's just an impeccable strategist and, and tactician on the bike and, and has the ability to significantly change the nature of a race with a couple of moves. And, and this is the thing is that she loves to play mind games. She loves to mess with a race and she loves to set her teammates up to win. So even if yeah. all she does this year is fuck with bowls and, and send her teammates up the road to win, she'll be very, very happy. So. Oh, oh, another name I haven't realised. Fortitude is no longer Fortitude. It's WM3 Energy. Oh, good God. Um, so I guess they found a sponsor. I guess so, um, which is great. But God, what a terrible name. What is it? WM3 I know. Energy? WM3 Energy. Okay, cool. I... I hope I hope that that translates into something easier to say over over the course of the season. Oh come on, bear bear, bear in mind that it's actually um bear bear in mind that it's actually Dutch. So we're probably so maybe W W M three sounds good in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it you know, or or at least it will, will you know maybe turn into some kind of really cool joke name or something. But you know, I. A good nickname, I mean, not a... You know. But this is exciting because all these things that I've missed. So I've missed Sunweb coming on as sponsor for Lift Planter. I've missed WM3, WM3 Energy um, coming on. Uh, there, yeah, it's... it's Well, it's, it's, good to, it's good to see some, some teams getting sponsors for Christmas, you know, so... Yeah, happy Christmas, happy Christmas cycling fans. But yeah, I mean, look at her, t- I mean, so the team next year, Anuska Costa, who's a fantastic young rider, always been developing. Rihanna Marcus, who was my rider, like one of my absolute favourite riders to watch this year. She attacked and attacked and attacked and she finally got onto the podium at the Giro Rosa after being in two breaks. Katasia Niadoma, um, who I heard wanted to leave but was in a two-year contract. Valentina Scandalara, another rider who had a really bad year this year. Monique Teneglo, um, Yara Castellain, a very, 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 very good young rider. Lauren Kitchen. And Rotan Gafinovich, a Israeli rider. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, so obviously Paulina Franprevo and Mariana Voss are the big riders who had bad years with 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 you know very very big bad years they're both former world champions they were both should have been um should have been if all else were equal um olympic, olympic contenders, contenders. Yeah, yeah and while mariana can absolutely no i mean boss boss definitely helped van der Brenger win that gold medal in oh, the yeah. same way as van dyke and this and van blurton helped you know that that gold medal was definitely a team gold medal wasn't yeah, yeah, it absolutely like 
that last attack when they were coming up to the Chula Vista climb and Boss goes, you know, Boss going from one minute doing the, you know, carrying as many bo- you know, bidons yeah, like as she could sit down her jersey. Setting a world record for the most bidons on, on a bike at one point in time. Yeah. And the next minute attacking like a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. So Voss, Voss, so, but for Anne Provost, I mean, she had that, ah, oh, that interview that, um, that Cycling News uh, translated, oh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Where oh she was talking about she basically wanted to give up ride cycling after the Olympics. Yeah, you know she was supposed to be going out there to try and win the mountain bike and the road race. And it ah. was basically a disaster for her. Um, you know, and look, I I um, I don't know. Enjoyed isn't necessarily the right word, but I appreciated the the honesty that she demonstrated in that interview. I mean. Uh, I think it's been a really positive trend in recent years that that athletes and riders are are feeling uh, much more comfortable about sharing and talking through the the really uh, difficult mental and emotional toll that these sorts of things take on them. You know, when you when you focus on the Olympics, literally, you know, once every four years, you know, um, it, it's it's absolutely heartbreaking to to be confronted with um you know not just not just missing out it's not like she was close and you know missed it by inches or whatever you know she was she was well out on the the road race i think she came in what 26th or something like that something like that and she yeah. pulled, she she crashed a couple of times in the um mountain yeah. bike yeah but it's failure it is failure isn't it yeah. like in terms yeah. of your sport it's it's failure and 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 failure and, in terms of something that you focused on to the exclusion of probably almost everything else in oh your god life. for like for the last for the yeah. last five years you know yeah. like at yeah. least she's like nothing and it must be everything else you've achieved must feel like ashes you know mm. like mm. like it just must be awful and and you're right i think the fact that they're talking about the mental health impact and this is one of the things where I think women have a bit more luxury than the men because, you know, no, it, it's like, I think it's quite hard for, you know, it's still quite hard for men in our society to talk about um, depression because, you know, there's still that kind of faction. I mean, you know, we have the the UK, um, this this big this big scandal of paedophilia within um, British football, you know, and, and you know, people, coaches who were, exploiting young boys dreams of becoming footballers to sexually assault them Hmm. and and almost the first thing that happened was after one of the footballer you know this this footballer kind of talked about it openly this is what it did to me this is what it did for the whole year you know i came off in this match where i pretended i was injured but i actually had a panic attack in the middle of it you know it kind of broke me i i was just you know it it, it's it's been really really tough and almost immediately there's this darts player going oh they're a bunch of puffs aren't they you know uh why didn't they go and you know why didn't they go and you know that wouldn't have happened with the rugby lads you know and it's just and it's like fuck me and we saw it in men's cycling too the uh i can never i always get floyd landis and the other one mixed up um oh yeah um oh god the name escapes me but the guy who reached out to the dope taking uh the dope taking cyclist to say hey look you know these are these this is something you know and said i was i was sexually abused yeah, as in yeah. the context of the conversation i've been depressed blah 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 and that was used literally used against him with by by the evil by the evil by the evil cyclist and it's like it's like fuck you know this is the thing is is if, if a man says i'm i have depression it's you you have the you have, I think it's Floyd Landis who was the evil one in that case. I can't yeah, remember was, who the um, good one it was. Greg was. Lamond, wasn't it? That was it. Yeah, I yeah. Think. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of, you know, when men. Uh, anyway, I feel sorry for it. I'm always really. It's it's not to say that men are stronger than women when they come out as talking about depression. It's no, just that no, I think it's, it's a easy. different. It's a different set of circumstances, isn't it? And and that's the thing. There is, you know, um, probably a little more support and openness um, in terms of talking about these things because you know one of the well it's what they call toxic masculinity isn't it you know this 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 notion that you can't discuss how you're feeling and and show any kind of weakness and vulnerability or whatever but um regardless i i thought it was a really honest um you know moment of um sharing from from pauline and talking about how she you know wanted to give it all up she tried 
um, a mountain bike race and um, and crashed again and had to spend a couple of days in hospital and was just like everything's against me and this is all shit. But you know, slowly worked her way back and is trying really hard not to put any pressure on herself and um, and says that she's thinking that you know being in a new team and new environment will actually be really helpful for her. Um, you know, coming into a new season, so. You know. Yeah, I don't know how it will work in Canyon because I, I, it must be interesting because I'm pretty sure that Pauline Frempreau has got as part of her deal that she's the team leader. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how that works because I don't think that uh, that Lisa Bernauer had a good year last year. I think Lisa Bernauer struggled last year. I think Lisa Longo Borghini struggled last year yeah. with sickness and illness. They weren't on that. They were. I mean, and this is also well when you look at Lisa's previous year. You know where she won so so much again. It's like law of averages. You know, yeah, the, yeah. You can't keep going. You can't keep going up and up and up and up forever. There is that balance. That there is that balance that happens. And with Elisa Longo Borghini, of course, she finished with an Olympic medal. Yeah, Olympic bronze, yeah, which yeah. is which just, is some consolation. Um, yeah, which is awesome. But both Longo Borghini and so you're looking at the riders, and you've got okay, well, Voss and. Farron Prevost are the big names, but of course, Longo Borghini and Brunauer, they're, what will they be able to do? Yeah, you know? exactly. And then, and then you look at your Ellen Van Dyke, well, what will she do now that she's not riding for some, not, not, not riding for other people so much, or will she ride for her other teammates and kind of have strengthened them? Yeah. In the sprinting, we saw Leah Kirkman have this incredible season, take the super step up, uh, with her, with her, you know, with, with her first full European season, and will that continue? Then Corin Rivera, who had that, fan, you know, really like, like he, she was the American junior, um, but she hasn't managed to necessarily parlay that into superstardom. And and part of that's been because she's, you know, again been a North American based rider while she went to university and was struggle, you know, was has struggled with positioning. Will she be able to take a Kirkman-esque step, step up or, or what, you know? Yeah, yeah. You have the fantastic, um, you know, the the, 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 the right, the sprinter who's been, go, you know, growing, growing and growing and growing. I mean, you know, we look at Cervelo Bigler and they weren't really that strong a team this year, but will that be able to have worked better? And, uh, lots of, you know, with Lotta Lepisto winning bronze medal in the World Championships, in the road world champs or was she silver i can't remember bronze i think but with lotta lapisto for example will that team be able to step up again yeah, yeah. ashley Pasio, i think was suffering with illness this year as well you know yeah it's yeah there's there's plenty of riders who have um fantastic form from previous years who um will have the opportunity to to make the most of a, a fresh start i think with the the not just the new season but like you were saying earlier the fact that um across a large section of the peloton there is more of a um a leveling out um and and you know that's going to make for more dynamic um racing i think yeah what i wonder is if we'll see any riders taking the post-olympic season step back yeah now I was wondering this about Lizzie Armstead and Anna van der Breger. Will they race as much this year, or will they have? You know, this is the traditional year off really for riders. They're still registered; they'll still be racing, I'm sure. But will they be racing as much? Yeah, yeah, true. Actually, that's a really good point. You know, the um, the schedules and um, and goals for this season will be really important too, won't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one team we haven't talked about, and people ask us about this on Twitter, is Orica. Yeah. Because Orica are moving from being called Orica AIS to being called Orica Scott. And we've yeah. had people ask us, does this mean that Scott's becoming the co-sponsor and the same sponsor for the women and the men is going to be a positive step up? Yeah, which, I mean, it's an interesting and, and valid question. Um, the thing is that there's, there's precious little information in the, in the press release about how it's actually going to work. I mean, what we do know is that, yes, Orica Scott will be the title sponsors for both teams, for men and women, um, and that's all we know. Like, there's yeah, no, there's I, no I mean, mention of that being more budget for the women's team. And, you know, bearing in mind that literally last season, um, Taylor Wiles was um, released from her contract early in the season uh, because uh, Orica AIS said that they didn't have the budget to support two international riders. Um, 
you know, we don't know if if the budget's changing at all. Um, it doesn't look like it, does it? I mean, it, you look down that list. It doesn't on the surface to me. When you look no... at who's on there, they haven't done anything different. So no, they haven't got they haven't got any new rider. They haven't got any. They, they've got a new rider in. Well, Jess Allen was Australian last year, and now she's British. Yep. So that's 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 interesting. They're down from fourteen riders to uh, eleven. Yeah. So they haven't added any. They 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 haven't added anyone. Um, anyone? Oh, they've added Georgia Baker in. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. But they haven't. You know, they haven't added anyone in there. And so their riders, they've got all. I mean, Jess Allen. She's 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 moved from being Australian to British. Um, and Annemiek van Vleuten is the only international international rider. Yep. Now, obviously, Annemiek van Vleuten, I think she was due to retire at the end of the... Um, she was thinking about retiring at the end of the Olympics. Some people disagree with me about that, but I think that from the things she was saying in the post, you know, after she had that terrible, terrible crash, that she's saying, actually, you know, it's making me want to actually give it another try and see what else I can achieve. You know, she I can't achieve another Olympic gold, but, you know, maybe I can achieve some more things. Yeah. So van Vleuten's going to be... Um, you know, kind of reinvigorated, I guess. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they've got um, Catherine Garfoot, who's been on an up curve. She's, you know, new to the peloton, and this is this is going to be what her fourth, her third full season. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Twenty seventeen will be her third full season. Um, she's thirty five. She started racing her first. You know, she started racing in two thousand and twelve. So she's been on an upward slant. So the question is, can she carry on on that upward? thing or will she plateau uh gracie elvin mm, can yeah. she it's, it's interesting because gracie sort of um has been on this path towards a, a more um team leadery slash road captainy type role for the last couple of years and she's had a couple of wins but um it'll be interesting to see if this is a year that um she really steps up in in either of those capacities well, Gracie Elvin, because her first pro win was was um, last year in Quick, which she won again this year. She was second in the round. Of, I mean, she looked like she was having a fantastic classic season. You know, she was yeah. she was fifth in Qatar. Well, she was second in Ronde of Andrenta and seventh in Drenthe Aft. She was actually it wasn't. She was eleventh in the Vlaanderen and nineteenth in Kent Wevelgen, which are fantastic for her. But. Yeah, but I mean, then again, at the same time, you look at the rest of the lineup, and and you know, I don't mean to be rude about my nominal national team, but there's not a lot else there anyway. So no, I mean, know. Rachel Nalen is some. Rachel Nalen's a pure climber, and sometimes she's fantastic, but sometimes she's injured. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, Sarah Roy's developing as a sprinter. I don't know. I don't know about. I don't think I. The other thing about that before we get excited about Orica Scott, of course, is it's not necessarily a new thing or new money because Scott have always been, you know, Scott have always had a relationship with the team. Yeah, yeah, they've always been the bike so, sponsor and and stuff. And look, I to not put too fine a point on it, and this is completely speaking as an outsider. I have zero information. Um, that would that would give me insight to this. This is purely speculative on my part, but I I would not be at all surprised if the deal with Scott has gone the way that so many um, of these things do in terms of the money and attention being paid towards the men's team first. And oh know, yeah, I mean Oric has always done that by yeah, exactly. a really really so long way. Whatever's left over is really you know I I just I don't. And, and I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, the the season-long stability and budget of the team, you know, because it wasn't just that Orica cut uh, Taylor loose early. It's that they skipped entire blocks of racing in order to save oh, money. Oh, yeah. You know, so we honestly don't even know how many races they're looking to compete at. I mean, the positivity about it is, I mean, I think that the links between Orica and, the, and AIS are not necessarily helpful in no no i mean it's a shame it's a shame to see them like it's interesting because you look at some of the other um some of the other teams that are becoming less you know less uh so live so sunweb is a bit less dutch for example right. ale cipollini is less italian yeah, you know yeah. like they're becoming less the, the teams that we've normally associated with being pseudo national teams aren't yeah, you know yep yeah. Aren't, aren't so much. I mean, obviously, WM3 isn't because, uh, you know, WM3 isn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
pulling in Fran Prevost makes uh, makes Canyon Stra- Canyon Canyon Stram a little bit less German. Do you know what I mean? We've got yeah, like yeah. it seems interesting that that there's that that Orica are kind of the only one of the in inverted commas big teams that actually has this national tie. Yeah, and and you know I I appreciate on one hand to a certain extent the willingness to provide a a foothold and a, a pathway um, into European racing for up-and-coming Australian riders. But at the same time, I do think, um, you know, there's a there's a really important case to be made for more diversity in the team because at the moment I don't think we're getting enough breadth of um, skill sets and experience, um, you know, through Orica. Yeah, and they've been kind of, I don't know, it's... And I mean, look, it's also my other problem is, and I mean, we speak about this off and on, but, you know, tactically, Orica doesn't have a great history either. Um, (laughs) I know. I I feel like such a traitorous bastard because I actually genuinely like these writers and, 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 you know, I, I don't wish anyone ill, but at the same time, I don't think it, it does anyone any good to pretend that that the truth isn't what it is you know oh i mean nothing has been as bad as that year in qatar where five out of six of the orica riders were in a break of 10 or several hundred orica riders versus versus trixie world warwick and kirsten build with chloe hosking keeping out of the way and just laughing you know that was awesome like like that 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 stage where every single rider orica attack attack rider attack over and over again and kirsten just charged them down like an absolute lunatic I i just i like oh my god it literally would have been easier for them to form a circle around her and just, <laughs> and just not let her out like that would have been a simpler think, tactic right like you've seen kirsten revealed right though oh come on it would have been worth a shot compared to what they did so oh, i mean glorious yeah. i mean that was one of I'm, I'm so sorry orica but that was one of my favorite stages of all time i'm always going to remember. now speaking of kirsten Veal, she's going to silence pro cycling yeah. they had a that's interesting it is. because they no longer have um they no longer have Shelley Olds on the roster. True. Um, and I think that means that they don't have... I don't. I wonder what that means about Menel and Lacambra, because they come as a pair. Oh, They've yes, also yes. taken on Danny King from Wiggle High Five, yep. uh, Katie Anton- Antonio, Antono. They're just... They're going to be an... Inj- Amalgasitz is just... Scott Jasinska's joined them. Uh, Joel Neumenville's joined them. Yeah, that's going to gonna be that's some interesting stuff there. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't have a good debut. They they didn't have a good debut by anyone's standards. Their first race that they won was the Winston Salem Classic in I think the end of May. Yep. Um, that wasn't that wasn't what you want for it's your not the debut plan. season. It's, no, wasn't the plan. So looking at that, that's that's interesting. Um, of course, Ali Cipollini. We've talked about this before. They've gone international, and they've added in Chloe Hosking, who's only doing a couple of blocks of racing. But they've also got Yannicka Ensing, Roma Casper, who was who basically had stopped riding for balls halfway through, halfway through the season. Um, Carly Taylor. Uh, I think Anna Sebastian's a new Gonzalez is a new rider for them. Um, yeah, that's and, and Anisha Bakerman. So they're definitely saying we're not a we're not a international. You know, we're we're, we're an international team rather than yeah. an Italian team, which I think is also the good. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah. So wow. I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of interesting moves and and challenges going around there. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of the forthcoming season, then um, how do you think that plays out uh, with the additional classics that we've got, the blocks of um, of races that form mini seasons, and these teams? You know, do you have any any sort of bold predictions for how things may no, or may not go? No, because my predictions last year were all terrible. <laughs> I mean, I want to see Mariana Voss back at her best. And yeah. I want to see all those riders like Lisa Longo Borghini, Lisa Brunauer, Paulina Frampovo. I want to see them at their best, you know, and brightest. And I want to see a 
a I, it's not that I mean I, every time I watched a race last year I oh god I hope Bowles don't win this at the start and then Bowles won it with such spectacular yeah but they won it in fashion. such yeah such amazing yeah and ways. it wasn't yeah and it wasn't I didn't want them to win because I didn't like the team I wanted oh I want a change oh well they had a change a different rider won that's all yeah yeah exactly and that was lovely and I really liked that I mean it's been really interesting not having one dominant rider I mean for me the rider of the year was making Guarnier but uh, but you know there's an argument to be made for all kinds of different riders this year which is which is you know which is kind of unusual and i want that again um one thing i do want to mention just before we finish i want to mention the dutch uh investigation into uh bullying intimidation harassment sexual harassment sexual abuse that they've started yeah. because there are some depressing things going to come out of that i think i'm, I'm i mean hats off to the dutch because they they talked about it they, they've done this as a new as a as a, as a um a uh how to put it a proactive approach you know having looked at the crc report for the ucicrc report a couple of years ago and i did a podcast with someone from the dutch national found uh dutch cycling um uh found uh, federation um, because, you know, it's it's a really good thing. But, you know, almost immediately what they've had is they've had one of their former Dutch world champions, Petra de Bruin, talk about how she was sexually abused um, off and on throughout her years of cycling. And that's, oh, I mean, it's gutting. Mm. You don't want, I don't want, I mean, it's a hard thing to say, isn't it? Because on the one hand, I don't want these stories. But on the other hand, I absolutely do want these stories because, because I really, really, really want them to come out, you know, and, and yeah. for it to come out of the shadows and for this to be something that doesn't happen for the future. Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I mean, this is, this is much like, um, you know, the, the thing to do, you know, when cycling first started to try and tackle the issue of doping, you know, it was a similar process that it's painful to talk about. It's hard to bring it into the light, but it is the only way to deal with it. And I'm not comparing the, the, you know, um, crimes directly, but just the, the importance of that process. And yes, I, I wholeheartedly and steadfastly would never wish this on anyone, but at the same time for years, we've known, you know, you hear rumors and, and stories and, and things about, you know, untoward behavior, even benign seeming untoward behavior and, and stuff like that. And, and you know, that, that there are going to be things like this that happen. So for someone to, you know, uh, for, for a national federation to, to commit to a proper investigation of this and to start to bring all of this into light is so, so important. Uh, and for them to do it before they have to, yeah. Like they said that they were. They said that there's a couple of things that they wanted to look at. They looked at it in in the context of the CIRC report, where it had like that kind of one throwaway line about um, about sexual exploitation. Um, but then the, with the British cycling bullying fiasco, um, yeah, I don't know, if, uh, just awfulness. And yeah, I, I'm really, I'm, you know, it's it's a good thing. I think that what what I hope happens, and what I was talking to um, Anne-Louise Cookwees from the Dutch Cycling Federation about, is you know maybe the hopefully the UCI takes this on because you know yeah. this isn't. I mean, just just again by law of averages, sadly, this is something that's going to have happened to a lot more people. We but also the links to doping. You know, we yep. heard we all know about Genevieve Johnson who was who was in a former world champion who'd never ridden clean from when you know from from when she was 15 years old but whose coach was was giving her drugs yeah and then using it as a form of blackmail you yeah, know yeah and i think you know in the johnson days i think the upset credit christopher trip fratini did a really interesting story about it for cycling news an interview with her where she talked to a lot of johnson's old teammates who recall seeing awful things at races but they were just young girls too and they yeah. didn't have the vocabulary to know what was going on about it they just knew it was wrong and that you know exactly. they see him throw plates but, but and then, the thing who, that who do they talk to and what do they say and all of those sort yeah of things. Exactly. And, but, but the fact that but the fact that you know adults grown-up adults race officials team officials were seeing this thing happening mm. too because the thing is, is if these girls were seeing it at races you know that other yeah. people were seeing it as well i mean if i you know this is 
this is something that it was public. Yeah, exactly. You know? And and at some point, enough people are choosing to you know mentally go not my issue or you know leave well yeah. enough alone or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, sorry, I'm really pleased for the Dutch Cycling Federation because you know it's one of those. It's yeah. and I hope that I mean I know that other. I mean the thing is is we don't know what work other federations are doing either, do we? Yeah. Well, you that's, know, like, that's, that's true. The Dutch Federation only made this investigation public after the article from Marijn de Vries. No, 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 no. That wasn't after the article from Marijn de Vries. Oh, that it? was when they. That, no, that was how they made it public. Oh right, okay. Sorry. Because Marijn de Vries, was... sorry, Marijn de Vries is a, mem- a board member of the Dutch Cycling Federation, and after the um, after the Marijn so after... talked talks about it in the context of the um, footballers, yeah, you know, right, footballers okay. scandal, yep, yep. the British footballers scandal, talking about her own experiences of bullying and you know sexual sexual harassment in cycling, and as she said, she's a thirty year old woman when this sort of when this thing was happening, and it didn't, you know. Um, yeah, and exactly. it, you know she had, she's a thirty-year-old woman with like a ton of a ton of, of of life experience, a ton of intelligence, former journalist, and you know she's saying you know there are eighteen-year-old girls experiencing it too who didn't have her, you know she found it difficult, yeah, but yeah. she was that that those things were wrapped up together, so it was kind of saying, and this is why as the Dutch Cycling Federation we're doing this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so important that they do because you know this is again um, about protecting the vulnerable and in in this regard you know um, national federations the uci every administrative body involved has an obligation to protect their um their athletes and particularly because as we know so many of them are coming in from the juniors they're young yeah. and they need to know that there are mechanisms and protections in place for them uh, yeah. yeah and so yeah so i hope so one of my hopes for next year is that we see i'm sure the uci will be watching this closely and see actually i mean you know it, it's like in a way it would make sense for the uci to say let's see what happens for the first you know for, from this dutch research because they're starting research program first let's see what happens and then we can take you know it would be it would be a good idea i think for them to say let's see what happens with this first Mm. And then, and then, and then take on our, you know. So I wouldn't yeah. be like criticizing the UCI for going if 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 that was the approach they took. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. If they exactly. came out and said tomorrow, a, I think it's a very valid approach to to go. Look, we'll wait for the research to be done, and we'll take on board the appropriate recommendations from it or whatever. You know, I think yeah. that makes and, sense. And, and you know, and maybe we can see about expanding that. Yeah. You know, around 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 to other feds. But yep. you know, see, is this is this an approach that we'd want to take? Which you can't say until it's actually started. Yeah. So yeah. it's. I mean, I I'm, I'm, I know I might be sounding like a UCI apologist or an inaction <laughs> apologist, but I think I think is that it, you know in this opposite day. <laughs> well, the thing is, is on the one hand, we know that this isn't a surprise, yeah. you know, and I will absolutely fault the UCI for not. I mean, maybe they are doing stuff behind the scenes, but publicly they haven't ever responded to that CIRC report that just, you know, this throwaway yeah. line in the CIRC about women being exploited sexually. Yeah. Like, and the fact that that means they haven't, don't seem to ask the questions, well, does that mean that men would have been exploited sexually too? Yeah. Because this yeah. is the other thing is that the, the, K, this, the Dutch Cycling Federation are looking at this across all forms of cycling, you know, mountain biking, paracycling, BMX, uh, track, road, cross, etc um everything they cover and they're covering it men women juniors uh youth uh you know anything that they cover they're 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 touching that too so you know which again i think is really really important as well so they're not you know they're they're absolutely and they're looking at bullying and intimidation and harassment and sexual abuse you know they're looking at it from this wide range of things and then they'll decide what work to do next but they've absolutely committed to doing work as a result of it you know exactly and you know it's it's a credit to them that they're taking it seriously and treating it appropriately. So, yeah. So, you know, congrats. So I guess, so I guess what I'm saying is that, I mean, you know, while I think the UCI missed the, you know, I wish it would have been the UCI doing it first in the CIRC report. And I'll always, you know, say that I'm not, you know, if they actually said, well, actually let's see what this work does first and what the results of the British cycling um, investigation was, blah, 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 and see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as they were saying, you know, as long as, like, I'm not saying we'll wait five years would be acceptable. No, <laughs> I'm saying no. But, you know, getting, wait. getting the first results um, is, is a reasonable thing, I think. Yeah. So the season starts. I mean, the season starts literally next week, Dan. I think the start the season starts next year. I, I count the season starting at the Mitchelton Bay Crips. <laughs> literally nobody else does, but okay. 
No, come on, the Mitchells and Matrix are one of the best, best races in the whole entire world. I'm not disputing um, that they're great races, but they're they're not UCI races. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe maybe they will be next year because of crit. <laughs> I don't, I don't think between now and next week they'll be um, they'll be made UCI races. No, um, there are only there are only three this year, which is sad because normally there are four. That makes me sad. But the stages are wonderful. Hopefully we'll be able to see some video from that. We'll put that on our blog, pro and cycling.com. Um, and then, you know, when does, let's, when does, when, okay, when do you think the season starts? Do you think, I mean, Qatar. what's your, Qatar? Yeah. I can't believe you're saying that when you've got actual live UCI level women's racing in Australia first. Oh, come on. Look, yeah, but that's. You asked when I think the season really starts. That's when I think the season really starts. Okay. But the Tour of Qatar has disappeared from the calendar, which is really worrying. Oh. Oh. Maybe they took our comments about Worlds too too personally. Shit. Shit, that would be terrible. Wouldn't wouldn't it be terrible, but also kind of a little bit awesome if we had that kind of power? That would be amazing. Um, Yeah. No, No ladies, no Tour of Qatar in 2017. Shit. Okay. God, we're so behind. It's, <laughs> we've both had terrible years, and we're just not here. Oh my god! No, it's just... no tour of Qatar in in twenty seventeen. Oh my god! Announced on the twenty eighth of December. What? So, in, oh well. Okay, I don't feel too bad about that being announced. Yesterday. Oh, that's today. Today, that's been yeah. announced today. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. So this. So basically, according to you. The season well, has not started. The season won't start. It won't start. Yeah, apparently not. Okay. Um, well, we have that's pretty serious. Well, we also don't seem to have the um, we also don't have the uh, Tour de San Luis. Yeah. So at that point, I guess it's um, I guess I have to say it's um, het newsblad. So Santos Women's Tour from the fourteenth to the seventeenth of January. The Cattle Evans Great Ocean Road Race on the 28th of January, which will be live. Yep. And then, yeah, the um, and then, Omni Pet Noisebad on the 25th of... Oh, Dan, it's post-Olympic year. Yeah, post-Olympic year. Races slow down. Holy With... shit. Yeah. Well, on that happy note, thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll, go and, um, we'll go and like, lie in a pool of depression. And, um, yeah. Yeah, well, heat and depression. Um, it's It's going to be... Yeah, fuck mindingly hot tomorrow, so I'm not looking forward to it. Winch, winch. Anyway, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> happy days. Yeah. Thank uh, you for listening. Thanks for listening, and um, <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon when the season starts. <laughs> oh, God. Before, because if we wait yeah, for the season we to start, we might wait forever. We might not be back, so... <laughs> oh, God. Don't let's cry now. All okay. right, bye! <laughs>